Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Bridge Church. How are you doing? This is as close to Hallmark as I get, okay? And this is close. Yeah, Derek said it's close. And by the way, uh, Derek ripped into Hallmark last week. If you heard his message, thanks, son. And uh, man, if you missed last week, his message, man, if, if you are a Hallmark lover, lover, you probably never want to come to church here again. And I just want you to know that I 100% agree with Derek. So I just, uh, um, he likes Die Hard as a Christmas movie. That's a little weird, but uh, how many, that's like your Christmas movie of Christmas movies, Die Hard, yeah few of you. How many it is, but you didn't want to raise your hand? Yeah, because you're with your spouse. I get it. Um, you know, I, I told Heather we had uh, some subscription for a while, and there's like 18 million different subscriptions nowadays, and we were watching uh, some Hallmark movie that she wanted me to watch with her. It's just like Derek was saying last week. It's the same plot over and over. Now, how many, just by round of applause, have seen The Family Man? Uh, round of applause. Okay. About half of us, all right? This is one of my favorite Christmas movies because the thing I love about this, it's not really time travel, but it's like the closest thing to a time travel Christmas movie that you get. And if you don't know me, I love Back to the Future, time travel kind of movies. And what we're doing, if you're new here, let me say this. Throughout the entire month of December, we are looking at Christmas movies and trying to pull out some biblical principles, just like Derek did last week, man. And I'll tell you what, didn't he do a great job last week with Santa Claus, number two, man? Um, I was not here, but I was watching it online the whole time. And I was just like, dude, you are on fire, man. Like he was, he was just preaching. And so I just, uh, appreciate this, man. We got to spend a lot of time uh, together this week. We had a pastor's uh, thing that we were at. And, and I tell you what, man, Derek is the real deal. And, uh, it doesn't matter your age. And I know I make fun of him a lot, but, uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter how old you are either. Um, God can still utilize you, right? Amen. And I'll tell you what, the wisdom that God has downloaded in this man is incredible. And so I just want you to know, I would follow this man with my life and I trust him with my family. And he's just, he's just awesome. So kudos to you, man. So I'm just lifting him up this morning. Um, to God be the glory, man, because behind every good man is Jesus and a wife that's better than us. So, that's what it's about, right? Right, Meg? All right. So, hey, uh, if I haven't had a chance to meet you, I'm Chris. Uh, that was my wife up here a little bit ago. Uh, we're the lead pastors. Derek and his wife are the exec pastors. Uh, Monica, who's not here today, she's not feeling well. Uh, she does our children's ministry. And then Bethany. Is Bethany in here today? I think she's actually hanging out in kids today. Uh, she does all of our administration stuff. We just have a phenomenal staff and a phenomenal team. And so I'm just grateful. And I'll tell you what, man, one more thing, and we'll dive into the message this morning. Uh, I tell you what, man, worship was incredible, and I just want to praise God for these two voices here this morning. Was that not just incredible? So, Kylie, are you in here somewhere? Kylie? Kylie and Lexi? Where's Lexi? Yeah, she in here? Right right here. I mean, you guys, seriously? I was like, oh my gosh, Lord. I, it was like one of those, like, goosebump spiritual moments. Anyone have those? And and it's not necessarily about each one of us, but you guys led us into the presence of God this morning, so thank you. It was phenomenal. Amen? Amen? All right, so hey, um, if you haven't seen this movie, 
It's like, it's like the wonderful life, but opposite. So this movie could be called It's a Horrible Life. All right. Uh, and for those of you that don't know me, I do not like It's a Wonderful Life. All right. So just like Derek, we're on the same page the last couple of weeks with movies. Again, Die Hard, a little bit of a stretch. Uh, the movie, this movie is one of my favorite things. And here's why I have a little bit of a man crush on Nicolas Cage. I'm just going to tell you. All right. So my wife can't stand him. And how many guys are like me that you're as stubborn as I am? And when your wife like loathes something, you just kind of rub it in her face a little bit more, don't you? And so I love Nicolas Cage, man. I, I like like Face Off, which is like a dude of all dudes kind of movie. National Treasure, come on, man. Like It's like one of the greatest movies ever. And, and this one is just so good, you know, because it's not black and white and slow. It's actually got a plot, and it's, and it's good, and it doesn't have, uh, what's his name, you know, in it. So it's just, I love this movie. It's one of my favorites. And uh, if you're not familiar with it, here's the deal. Real simple. It's a real simple story. He, at the beginning, this is one of the first scenes, and I love you, Kate. I love you, Jack. I love you, Maura. And they go back and forth, and then he gets on the plane, and he heads to London, if you heard it. And next scene, they wake up, and they have these separate lives that they're living. And something completely horrible happened where you thought they were so in love, and now they're not. And don't worry, it doesn't get too hallmarkish. But all of a sudden, an angel shows up, and the angel talks to Jack, Nicolas Cage's character, and he says, hey man, I'm going to give you a glimpse into what your life could have been like. And he wakes up, and he's going, what is going on? And he wakes up in the suburbs, and he's got a, the wife that he dreamt of. He's got these kids, and, and he went from being kind of a millionaire kind of you know guy, businessman, to this normal dude just selling used tires. And he's like, what just happened? And so the angel gives him like this little bike thing, like a bike bow. You remember from Ancient of Days where it ring, ring. And he's like, just do that if you need me. And like throughout the movie, you see him like all the time. Where are you? Anybody ever feel that way with God? Like, don't you wish God would hand us one of those? Just ring this when we need you, Lord. All right, all right, I'll do that. But in the plot, what's really interesting is Jack, the lead character, and get ready, we're going to play the second clip right now. Jack's reality is really a life he was never meant to live. I love this clip because it's showing this is a glimpse. And so he was a super successful businessman. And now he's like a normal guy. You know, he's got the, you know, the, like the perfect little suburb house and he's got three and a half kids now. You know, it's just perfect, right? All right. And, and so he's, he's realizing and something starts triggering in his mind that maybe he's got the idea of what life is all about a little bit wrong. And uh, I know I have in the past. Anybody else here just ever got it wrong before? Probably just me, but, um, I don't want to get to the end of my life. I'm 42 years old, and and uh, 
I tell you what, I love the snow, hate the cold. Every year I get a little older, I'm like, why do I live in Minnesota? Even right now, my hands are ice cold, and you might be roasting or cold. Everybody is either roasting or cold in this sanctuary all the time. And uh, sorry about that. I don't know how to figure that out, because this just like blows out heat and cold air all at the same time. But I don't want to get to the end of my life and laying on my deathbed and having all these regrets in the back of my mind. And I have to imagine Nicolas Cage's character, Jack, Maybe felt that way. And so this angel shows up and gives him this glimpse into what a real life looks like. Because for him, it was like Ferraris and money and all this great stuff that looked, you know, super cool, but super worldly. And in the movie, he gets this glimpse of what the life he really deep down wanted. And so for me, when I look at this, I don't want to get to the end of my life and have a bunch of regrets. Now, I believe God can redeem those regrets. I believe God can take those and he can use them for his good and will unpack all that. But I read uh, a study of people that were 89 years of age or older, and these were the top things that they regretted at the end of their life. I'll just read them quick. Uh, I wish I had spent more time with the people I love. That's, that, that was the biggest one, all right? Uh, the next one is this, uh, and these are all, by the way, these are in order, so that's the top one. Next is, I wish I had worried less. That's huge. I wish I had forgiven more. I wish I had stood up for myself, not follower of the crowd. I wish I had lived my own life. Again, not a follower of the crowd. I wish I had been more honest. I thought that was really neat. I wish I had worked less. What? What? Yeah, I have a good friend of mine. He's a workaholic, man. He works all the time. I'm like, dude, just go spend time with your family. Well, I got to get this project done. And I got work and I got deadlines and and I got to get this done. And I'm going, you know what? If you need to cheat something, don't ever cheat your family. Be with them. Okay. I wish I had cared less about what other people think. Some of us are people pleasers in this place. I wish I had lived up to my full potential. I'll tell you what, one of the things Derek and I talked about this week that's so hard is when we see somebody that we know has unbelievable potential and they're not living it. And like when we want it more than they do. And I'll tell you what, God has a plan for every single person in this room. And I'm not saying, well, you need to have a job in France or sell used tires. It doesn't matter what you do. It's a realization of who you are and whose you are. And when we figure that out, we can live in the identity that he's given us. Can I hear a good amen from somebody this morning? Come on. All right. Or I wish I had faced my fears. You know, one of my biggest fears is, and this, is, this used to not be a fear. I've, I've gotten through a lot of my fears. But one of my biggest ones is skydiving. Kylie went skydiving. She's insane. All right. And, but yet I'm looking at that going, I don't want to get to the end of my life and go, I never did it because I was scared. I mean, seriously, you know, either, either two things are going to happen. I'm, I'm not going to live, right? Or I am. And, and I'm good with either one of those things. So why am I not just jumping, right? I mean, that's what it's about. I wish I'd stop chasing the wrong things. And the last one here, number 11, I wish I'd live more in the moment. Live more in the moment. Um, a lot of us deal with regret. And, and how, how many here, just out of curiosity, we started at the elementary school. I'm just curious if there's anybody here still that was with us when we started early in the elementary. Just a, f- a few of you, okay? Yeah. And uh, you might not remember this. And, and for everybody else, I'll fill you in. And I'm just going to warn you, this is gross. And uh, <laughs> so we're at the elementary school. And the night before, it was, it was Saturday night, and Heather and I had authentic Mexican cuisine. Don't get ahead of me. It was amazing. It was so good. And usually Mexican cuisine makes you regular. It did the opposite for me that night. And so literally, I had, 
I had cramps of what I can only describe as what it must have been like to be in labor. I, I don't know, okay? Hurt so bad, and I'm sitting here going, okay, what do I do here? And, and I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. And so, so everybody says, if you're backed up, there's a remedy. And I'm like looking on Google for remedies, and you know, Google's telling me I got all these weird like diseases. Don't, don't Google stuff, okay? And, and uh, you know, I, I have a cough. You're going to die. Like, just seriously. And so... I'm Googling and I talked to my wife and we were actually living with her in-laws at the time as we were starting the bridge. And, and it's, and they said, Hey, we do this every day to keep us regular. We in the morning, we just drink a little bit of prune juice. Somebody said over here, prune juice. Now, now I have never had prune juice in my life. And, and about, about, I don't know, it was like 10 o'clock at night and county market at that time was open till midnight. They're open a little less now. And, and I was like, I have to go get prune juice or I'm literally like, I, I'm going to cry. And there's no way I can preach in the morning. I didn't have a Derek with me yet that could, I, I didn't have anybody that could fill in. And, and Heather didn't want to preach. And, and I'm going, I, our kids were really young. She's watching them. And I'm going, I don't know what to do here. She's like, just go up and get prune juice. I'm like, I'm kind of embarrassed. Isn't that like what old people do? They go and get, so I go into county market and I get the biggest bottle of prune juice I can find. It's all or nothing, man. It's either go big or go home for me. I'm, seriously, it's not, it's not either or. It's always and for me. And so I get the biggest bottle of prune juice in there. That, that looks like 64 ounces, I think. And so I check out with my prune juice. And I go back to Butch and Ann's house, my in-laws. Now, now, can I just give you a word of advice? If you're telling somebody about prune juice and this magical wondering thing, tell them how much to take. So I drank three quarters of the bottle. I wake up the next morning, and not only was I regular, I was super unleaded, okay? Like, it was premium. And, and I'm like, I get to, try, and this is a, it's one of the regrets I had is literally, I'll never forget this. Our worship leader at the time was named Megan. Some of you knew Megan. She works at River Valley Church down Apple Valley now. And, and Megan came in, and, and I said, Megan, I got to talk to you. And so we went back to a private room in the office, and I'm literally like, I got two seconds because I got to go do something back here, like quick. And it's in the elementary, so literally you're like knees are on the floor while you're trying to, <laughs> told you it was gross. And so I tell Megan, I said, I'm not going to be in for worship today. And she goes, why? And I said, here's why. And, and we get through the story. She's laughing hysterically. And I get to the end of the story. I said, here's the deal. I said, when, you, when I'm going to hear the third song, you tell me what the third or fourth song you're doing is. And at the end of the song, I'm going to run in. I'm going to preach as fast as I can. And then I'm going to get out. And I'll tell you what, I made it. I didn't have to ziplock my pants or anything. And I got out of there. But here's what I want to tell you. We all have regrets. <laughs> Prune juice, like they sell them in cans now, all right? So take them in strides. Now, let me, let me jump in here, really, okay? Here's the deal. God is the regret redeemer, amen? He is, all right? I could say how many of us have regrets. We all do. We've all had them. In fact, let me, let me say this. I want to bring you on a little bit of a deep journey, and this is for you that are, are super Christians, those of you that like to talk theology with me at the end of service. I want you to listen to me for just a moment, because you know better than I do already. So just listen, all right? Here's the deal, okay? Here's what I want you to see. How many of you that have grown up in the church, or you've heard this, or you've heard a pastor, and I even preached this before, and, I, and I, sometimes I go back and I listen to old messages, and I'm like, what were you thinking? What were you sharing? That's so stupid. And, and this is what I used to say. I used to say, the enemy of God's best is good. Anybody ever heard that before? Or the enemy of God's great is good. And I realized that is so flawed. 
at some of the most flawed. The- I just got tan up here, man. Thanks. And, and here's the deal. Here's why. Because I think sometimes we pray and we go, God, I want, the- I want your best for my life. You know, I think of Jack in the movie. And he's trying to figure out what he has to do, what he wants to do. Because he wants God's best for his life. That's what he desires. And I think it's the same for us. I think it's as a Christian, we want, like, God, what is it that you want me to do? What is it that you want me to take care of? You know, lead me. I want your best. And God is saying, just follow me. Just trust me. We're, we're not human doings. We're human beings. He's going, just be. Just be. Well, look, Pastor Chris, how do I know I'm in the will of God? Why well, are you taking the next step that he's asked you to? Well, I don't know where it is. What if I take it and I fail? You take a step and you fail, it doesn't mean you're outside of God's will. You're just a person of faith. Going, Lord, I'm believing you. I'm going to take that next step. I don't know what it looks like, but I'm going to keep taking it. I'm going to try. Think about it. Just just on a practical level, is there anything in your life currently or something not in your life currently that you might regret later? What, What does God want to speak to you right now during this message today? You know, for me, uh, about eight years ago, my son Isaac, who you know, and I owe him five bucks anytime I mention a kid's name during the message, I give him five dollars. It is what it is. They love when I share stories about him or them. And uh, he was playing football. He, he loves football. He uh, played on varsity this year, had almost half the touchdowns for the team. He did great. And uh, it started when he was in second grade. And he was either second or third grade. I don't remember the exact year. And we were playing Andover, our biggest rival. And, and they had a game. Well, I had recently, for those of you that know me, I love to cook. And I had an invite for an audition with Chef Ramsay on MasterChef. And uh, I, I've cooked in the Rotunda at the Mall America. I just cooked on Channel 5 a few weeks ago. I, like, I, I've won some stuff at the State Fair. I love cooking. And, and I had an invite to go, and I was going to make crab-stuffed walleye with hollandaise sauce on top is what I was going to make. That, doesn't that just sound good? And, and so... I had an invite. I had my audition time to go in. It was scheduled in Minneapolis. You know, their, their producers are going through different towns. And, and I found out that the exact same time, Isaac had a game against Andover. I had a real tough choice to make because it was the last game of the year. There weren't playoffs yet at that age. And I prayed. I'm like, Lord, what do I do here? And Isaac knew. And like to this day, Isaac feels bad that I didn't go to MasterChef. And I, I came to watch his game. And I'll tell you what, I would have made that same decision over and over and over. I want to live without regret. If I would have gone to MasterChef audition and who knows what would have happened, I don't care what would have happened. I would have regretted missing his game. You want to know why? It was the best football game I've ever watched in my life. It went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it was tied up at the end, 33 to 33, with less than 10 seconds left. Isaac was his quarterback. It was a QB sneak. He sneaked the touchdown for the game-winning touchdown. Do you know what I would have done if I missed that? I would have regretted it. Now, God can redeem that. He's a redeemer of regret. But I think what God is asking us to do, maybe you have regret. Maybe, maybe you made the wrong choice. I've made the wrong choice many times. But we have to forget what lies behind and keep pressing towards the prize. Okay? Paul talks about in the Bible, we're going to bring out some scripture in just a few moments. But in the movie up to this point, and get ready, I'm going to show you a third clip here. Jack has acted a little bit strange and he misses his big old fancy life sometimes. Go ahead and watch the screen.
Definitely hallmarkish there. But that's good. That's good stuff, man. I'll tell you what. You know, Paul writes this in Philippians. And here's Paul. He's imprisoned. He's going through a bunch of stuff. And, and if, if I were Paul, Paul did a lot of things before his salvation. Paul killed Christians. Paul was ruthless. Paul was, you know, just, just the, the most awful of awful Pharisees who wanted to, you know, kill people who were Christ followers. And this is what he says in Philippians chapter 3, uh, it's verse 13 and 14. He says, but one thing I do, I forget what lies behind and I strain forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The thing I love right here that we miss so often in this verse, or I do, is it says right towards the end, the upward call of God. What does that mean? Well, it means I can either dwell on the things of the past that really held me down and that I was in bondage to, they chained me. Or I can focus on the things that God's leading me into. I can focus on the future, even though I don't know what's going to happen. But I want to live without that regret. I believe that's what he wanted. And Paul could have had many regrets. Persecutor of the church. You know, he threw believers into prison. He approved the stoning of, of a gentleman named Stephen. Okay, he allowed the Jews to stone them. He's even, he was even known for separating parents from children. And I'll tell you what, after he gave his life to Christ, he wasn't perfect. And he could have at that time gone back and, and lived those regrets over and over. You know, in this scene that we just watched in Family Man, one of the coolest things that's happening here is, is this is a glimpse. This is not his reality. Jack's reality, Nicolas Cage's character, his reality happens, you know, in New York. It happens in the big city. And here they are living way out in the suburbs, almost rural area, kind of like St. Francis. And that's where they're at. That's right where, right where they're at. And he's going, I want to be back in there. I want to have the Armani suit and my Ferrari. And I want to have everything. And she's going, doesn't matter to me. You matter to me. You know, it's just a little glimpse. And so he has a choice to live without regret or not. Second is this. God causes all things, even our failures, to work for good. Amen? We all got failures. You know, maybe you feel like a failure. I do all the time. There's days I feel like a failure. I'm like, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. And, and God's saying, in me, you can. You can on your own. And, and biblically, it says he is strong when we are what? When we're weak. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love, again, we see what Paul writes here in Romans. I love what Paul says. He says, and we know that for those who love 
God, all things work together for what? For good. How many things? Just the good ones? They all do. The bad ones, the ones that we feel like a fail. For those who are called according to his purpose. Even our sin. Even the junk. All the stuff that we have. And see, Jack viewed his whole life here as a big failure. It's like, I'm a car salesman or a tire salesman. I work at my father-in-law's company. You know, it's just family. I have this. I used to have all the fancy, all the shiny, like my wife was talking about. She's going, I miss all that. Well, what's right? Which one is it? I don't think our lives are a huge failure. It's what we do with them. And God is asking us to take that risk and, and to live without regret. Maybe you have regret. We all have regret in certain aspects of our life. But what if we surrender that regret? What if we lay it down? Because here's why. Next is this. God has prepared good works for you. You got a purpose, bro. You got a purpose, sis. You do. You're still sucking air today. You got purpose. It's not just to warm a chair in church on Sunday for an hour. You've got purpose wherever you're at. You know, well, Pastor Chris, I don't, I don't really do that. I, God has created every single one of us with a unique and individual purpose. It's one of our things we talk about at the church is we want you to discover that. Why? So then you can make a difference. What is that purpose that God wants you to discover? Paul again writes in Ephesians chapter 2. For we, we that's you and I, are his workmanship, Christ's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? Whoa, whoa. Can you guys toss that scripture up there? Thank you. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? For good. Everybody say, come on. For what? For good works. Some of you didn't want to say it because you don't believe it. What if we're all created for good works? What if ahead of time before you and I were even an imagination in our parents' minds, God had predestined something for you and I to do in this life? Now, we're not human doings. We're human beings. And one of the things I've been processing and praying through is what does that look like? What is it about planting a church? Is it about pastoring? Is it about being a server? Is it about starting your business? Is it about having the big business? Is it about making money? What is it all about? And here's what I've learned. It's not about any of that. You know what it's really about? My relationship with him more than anything else. My relationship with Jesus matters more than anything else. Yeah, family, of course. But I'll tell you what. That purpose he has placed inside all of our hearts. So if you ever feel like, man, I got this God-shaped hole. I feel like I'm missing something. Something's not adding up. It's probably just, he just wants you. Not, not like, hey, he does have good works for you to do, but he wants you more than those good works. Yeah, he's got them planned because he's thought about, he cares about you. He knows what makes you tick. He knows what floats your boat. And so allow him to speak that into you. Can I hear a good amen? If you're with me, say yeah. All right, so Jack, in the movie, he starts spending time with his fake kids, if you will. In fact, he builds a snowman with them. And you see this scene, he's out there, and he's rolling the snowballs with him, and they're putting it on, you know, frosty. And he looks in, and he sees his kids looking out, and his kids are looking out the window at him. Or his wife is looking out the window, excuse me, at the kids with him. And she's just got tears in her eyes, like she's so grateful. And all of a sudden, there's this realization that happens in Jack's life. He realizes the regret he had backwards. The regret wasn't the fancy car and the fancy, but the regret was this is what he was truly made for. These were his good works, his kids, his wife. And he starts ringing that bell and he's like, I don't want to go away from this. I never want to be away from this. This, this is it. I, I, don't, I don't want this to end. You know, the angel said, this is just a glimpse. This isn't reality, Jack. Your reality doesn't look this good right now, bro. But we can change that. God can redeem that. He can fix that. 
You see, no matter how much you have failed, God's word says he has good works for you. Okay? So when we fall, we need to get back up and keep going because he's not done with you. Amen? Amen? Last is this. Last point I want to share with you this morning. Turn regrets into thanksgiving and praise. What regrets do you have? I don't have any regrets. That's my only regret. Come on. All right. It's like the guy who, what do you want to wish for? Three more wishes. There's always that guy, right? Or gal. Turn your regrets into thanksgiving and praise. That's taking your worry and it's forming it into worship. Lord, I have these regrets. Lord, I made this mistake. I mean, this movie is not a Christian movie. It's a secular movie. But it could easily have been a Christian movie. I mean, talk about the power of looking at redemption and looking at what God can take and he can change it. And I'm not going to give everything away if you haven't seen it. It's a great movie, in my opinion. But Lord, I lay down those regrets. I lay down my failures. In fact, one more Paul scripture here I want to give to you is in 1 Thessalonians. We'll toss it on the screen. It says, give thanks in all circumstances. Not just when it's going great. Not just when it's stinking and sucking wind. All circumstances, all the time, no matter what. For this is the what? The will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We're to praise him in all circumstances. Lord, I failed. Lord, I messed up. Lord, I did something I shouldn't. Lord, I, I don't even know how, but I don't even, I, I know God right now. You love me more than I love myself. And so God, meet me where I need to be met today. Help me. Be with me. You see, according to this verse, we're called to thank him all the time. Lay the regrets down all the time. So let's, let's ask. Let's bring, it, let's bring it full circle here. Let's bring it into reality this morning. What regrets have you been harboring? Think about it. What, what are the ones inside your heart right now, okay, that, that you're thinking about? Maybe, do you have a regret like Jack's in the movie? Maybe it's a former relationship. You screwed up. Maybe that's something you're, you're regretting. Do you regret not spending time with family? Like, man, I, I missed the boat. And you're even thinking back to Thanksgiving and going, man, I, I screwed that up. You know, or, or you're the one that brought up politics at the table. Everybody hates you right now. Just going to let you know, okay? But you can be redeemed still, all right? Because you ain't going to change somebody else's opinion. They're not going to change yours. So bring the liberals and conservatives together at your table and just welcome them in Jesus' name, okay? You know, Derek and I this week, I saw a shirt. And it was the greatest shirt I ever saw. I said, I want this shirt. And, and I loved it because everybody's been offended by something the last couple of years and blah, blah. I just, I just want to kick people. Okay, I really do. I just want to go up to somebody and like, I'm offended by this. I just literally want to kick them. Be like, and, and this is what it, on the shirt. It said, say it with me really loud. Get over it. It's the greatest shirt in the world. Get over it. But Pastor Chris, you don't know the regrets and the failures I have. Get over it. God does and he still loves you. But Pastor Chris, you don't know how bad it is. You're right, I don't, but you don't know my life either. Okay, it's looking in the secret doors of our heart. I can't peek in yours. You can't peek in mine. But God already knows them. God already knows them. He sees that. And he wants, and today my goal, my, my, my purpose is for you to have a glimpse of what that could look like. Because not only does he want you to live out that purpose, he wants you to have freedom in it as well. You can have freedom. Some of us, we put our own chains on us. Oh man, it's this regret I'm living with. You have no idea, Pastor Chris. Maybe you regret something you said. Maybe you regret something you didn't say. We can live in that regret or turn it into praise that brings peace. And we can do that overnight. You see, overcoming regret is risky. Let me show you this last clip real quick. 
All right, hey, go ahead and just pause it there. Will you pause it and leave that up there? Awesome. Hey, that's what I want to ask you to do this morning. We're going to close up, but here's what I want to ask you to do. This scene right here is towards the end of the movie. I'm not going to give away what happens, but this is the reality. So either he wakes up from this dream or the glimpse he had, and he goes and he chases after the girl of his dreams. They show up at the airport. You know, this is pre-9-11. And uh, how many have watched those movies and you're like, that happened before 9-11? Home Alone could have never happened, all right? And we see it right here, but he's got a decision to make. And he's choosing something new. He's taking a risk. So here's what I want to ask you to do as we close up. I want to pray for you. Would you just stand to your feet here this morning as I pray for you? Go ahead and just stand up, everybody. You might not know how Nicolas Cage's character story ends, but I want you to be certain of how yours does. There's only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. He came as an infant. We celebrate that in a couple weeks. Maybe you're a guest visiting with us today, and I just want to say you're welcome here. You're why we exist as a church. We want you to have a relationship with Jesus, to accept him before you walk out those doors. We're not going to force anybody, but that's our desire and our hope. So what's the risk you have to take today? Maybe it's surrendering to Christ for the first time. Maybe you've walked away for a while, and maybe it's say, hey, God, I need a new start. That's okay. God is the giver of second chances over and over again. For others, maybe it's going, God, here's my plan. That's what I really want. And he's asking you to surrender that plan to him because you've taken the plan into your own hands and not his, and he can do a better job than us. We know that, but we have to surrender that again. Preaching to the pastor right now. Maybe it's surrendering how you think others will react or how they will think. You're worried about the decisions you have to make. Maybe that's where you're at. Or maybe the risk is being vulnerable for the first time because you're not sharing those regrets with others and no one knows and you're afraid of what somebody else is going to think. I don't know. Maybe the risk is something totally different that you're called to take. Taking first step, getting ready to regret can be very risky. Let me pray for you this morning. God, I pray right now for every person in here. If there's anybody in here that has not said yes to a relationship with Jesus, they would today. They would just pray in their hearts with me right now. Lord, I know that I'm messed up. I know I'm a sinner. And that the only way for me to have eternal life is by believing in you, Jesus. And so today I choose to believe in you. I choose to love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength. God, and I need you to help me on that journey. Lord, I say yes to you. And I pray for every person, no matter where they're at, with any regrets they have, or maybe they've had a glimpse today or other times of what life could be like, and maybe they're feeling guilty or shameful. I pray there won't be any guilt or shame 
but you would remove that and put your Holy Spirit there so that they would see you. May we, Lord, experience our best life right now, living without regret, taking that first step of faith. Lord, thank you for movies that we can find biblical truth in. Thank you for Paul writing when he could have easily lived with regret. May we learn from his story, God, that no matter what we've done, you still love us, you still value us, and we still want to praise your name. And so today we surrender this service, we surrender this time, we surrender our lives to you. And I just ask that you would lead us as we leave here today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.